The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Box Score Breakdown for Sunday, the 7th of February, 2021. I'm your host, Mr. Jolly of Sydney. You can find me on Twitter, Mr. Jolly of Sydney. Uh, uh, no spaces or anything like that, of course, just as it sounds. Uh, the Harlander 23 is my partner, Scotty Harland. The Harlander, H-A-R-Lander 23. Uh, he's not hosting for a little while. He's on a bit of a break, but uh, I am here, of course. Shout out to the big knobs from hoop-ball.com, Aaron Bruski, Dan Bespris, of course, uh, the Aussie man, Adam King, one of the top editors over there, and all the editors and podcast hosts for all the stuff they do. It's wonderful stuff, and we are standing on the shoulders of giants. Speaking of giants, uh, I'm with a virtual one right now. He is, uh, of course, uh, the legendary host of the uh, Hoopball Clippers podcast, among many other claims to fame. He is Brandon Marcus, and I say happy Brandon Day. I love it, Mr. Jolly. I love it. That was a great intro. Glad to be back, my man. And how's how's it going? How, Super Bowl. You you messaged me earlier saying, "God, that was a crap game. Um, I need to pod to get it out of my system." Yep, that's exactly exactly what I said, man. I, I want to talk NBA. I'm tired of NFL, and uh, that was a really bad game. And I'm excited to get some uh, NBA chatter in. Yes, well, uh, let's just let's just jump right into it, shall we? Because we've got a weekend of games. I don't think we'll hit all the box score in detail for the Saturday Saturday games, but. What I've sort of lined up is uh, the Clippers played the Kings today, and uh, which you watched, and I watched quite a bit of the Kings against the Nuggets on Saturday. So let's talk about the Kings a little bit. Uh, firstly, their first game on Saturday, they won 119 points to 114 against the Nuggets. For the Nuggets, of course, Joker just was absolutely massive. He had 58 and 12 on 20 of 33 from the field. <laughs> My goodness, mate. 3-3, three, three, uh, 7 for 7 at the line and only one turnover. What do you say about the Joker to get us started today? Dude, he's so good. Uh, I mean, he, uh, I'm facing him this coming week in a head-to-head league, and he's got four games, and I am thoroughly terrified of what I'm about to walk into. I mean, a guy that can go 50 points, eight rebounds, 12 assists with three blocks, and hit 20 shots. I mean, what an absolute monster he is. And for him to have that performance and for Sacramento still to win and for them to beat Denver and the Clippers in back-to-back games, that's impressive. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. We'll get to the Kings in a second because I'm chomping at the bit for this. I've got some good notes for it. But just quick on the Nuggets, Michael Porter Jr., he played 33 minutes in the start, but he was just eight. Um, he had just eight and nine on three for 11 shooting, minus 20 in the box score. The next worst on the Nuggets was minus four. How is that even possible that the next worst guy had minus four? He had minus 20. Uh, he's the 34th ranked player on the season, but 221st in the last week and just 86th in the last month. Do you have any uh, Michael Porter Jr. in any of your leagues? And uh, would you be worried if you do? Or are you? I do I do not have him, and I would be worried, yes. Uh, I think that you're seeing with him something very similar with what you're seeing in New York with Quickly in that the minutes are inconsistent. I'm not entirely sure that he is trusted over there. 
I mean, you look at his minutes, and he had 34, obviously, in that game against Sacramento. But against the Lakers, he had 20. The game before that against Utah, he had 20. And 19 before that. So you, the inconsistency is there. And it's really tough in a, in a games cap format to know when to play him. I mean, the same goes for quickly. Um, and we'll talk about New York later. But you look at a guy like Michael Porter, he's got all the talent in the world. But the book is out there. He can't play defense. And as long as that's a thing that's there and that he's not correcting, I mean, sure, he had three blocks um, on the box score. But apart from that, he to get a minus 20 in a game where you look at every single quarter and the only quarter that Sacramento was outscored by more than one was the third, and it was five points. So, like you said, how do you get a minus 20 in a game that you only lose by five? That that takes skills. Yeah, it definitely does take uh, some pretty seriously advanced skills. Speaking of that, the Kings have a guy called Tyrese Halliburton. And what I wrote yesterday after watching the game, the Saturday game, was a rise young King Tyrese. This is a guy who might give LaMelo a run for his money on the for the Rookie of the Year. 35 clutch minutes off the bench in a win over Joker and the Nuggets. That was fucking brilliant. The line was 23-4-6 with two steals and a block on eight for 12 shooting, including four of seven from deep and three from three from the foul line. There were some clutch late bombs there as well. Most importantly, Kid Impact's winning, though. He had a, he had a team-leading plus 12 on the plus-minus. That's... Uh, 32 points uh, better than Michael Porter Jr. on the day. What's more, in fantasy nine cats leagues, he's up to 45th on the season, 15th in the last week. Lamelo, by way of comparison, is 62nd and 40th in the last week. Uh, he was just like really good on the weekend. And if we have a look at today's game, the Kings, as you mentioned, edged the Clippers 113 to 110. And he was serviceable again, not a massive night, just but efficient. Five for nine shooting in 28 minutes, uh, just uh, he did have two turnovers, but he had six assists, so the ratio is okay. Two rebounds, one steal. Uh, this is the kind of line that's sort of almost like the, the the floor for him at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, he's good. He, he's really good. And I am going to say something that may be a bit of a hot take, but I think he might be better rest of the way than LaMelo Ball. Uh, I do think that the field goal percentage will be an issue for LaMelo. I think he's going to turn over the basketball a few too many times. And you know those two categories, and we're walking very close to Russell Westbrook lines where the points, rebounds, and assists are awesome, but there are certain numbers that may stick out. But he's been a pleasant surprise, surprise rather, LaMelo Ball, so we'll see if he can keep it up. But with Halliburton, I mean, the consistency's there, and you mentioned that he played 35 minutes in that game against Denver. I think the key is to look at the guy that he's replacing in the rotation, and that's Marvin Bagley, who is borderline droppable, probably droppable at this point, because he was a minus 12 in that game, and they won by five. And what they're doing, and having watched the game today, is that they're closing with Halliburton instead of Bagley. So it's their starting five without Bagley and adding Halliburton. So it tells you a little bit about what Luke Walton thinks about Bagley and how high he is on Halliburton and their ability to play those three guards together in Fox, Heald, and Halliburton. Yeah, let's jump in to talk about uh, a few more box scores from today as well. That's because that segues into Bagley. He played 20 minutes. He had nine points, 10 rebounds, and one assist. Some decent per-minute numbers, but uh, he's not a must-hold, is he? No. No, no I, I don't think so. He's just not playing fourth the numbers. And when he goes to the free throw line, he's hurting you. He was good today. I mean, he was fine. Four of eight is great. 
Uh, one of one from three, that's fine. Nine points, 10 rebounds, like you said, but nothing else. And it just doesn't do it for me. Only played 21 minutes, and he's just not that special in my opinion. What about for the future in Dynasty? I traded him away in a Dynasty trade earlier this season, and uh, I'm not feeling too bad about that. No, you're smart. You're smart. I, I think that he needs a change of scenery. I just don't think it's working in Sacramento. And the Sacramento Kings are finally realizing that Rashawn Holmes is better and needs to be playing more minutes. And as long as fields, as long as fouls aren't a problem, Holmes should be getting all the minutes he can handle. And he played 31 today despite five fouls and got himself a double-double. But with Bagley, I have no interest in him now and no interest in him in the future at the moment. Yeah, Bagley is 282nd or something like that on the season, which is uh, not very good. And if you compare that to Rashawn Holmes, let's just test your knowledge here. Where do you think Holmes is this season? In nine per categories. game? Per game in nine cat, yeah. Uh, I will guess 31. Oh, it's pretty close. He was. He dropped off a little bit. He's up to he's 36 now, uh, 68 okay. in the last week. Um, he had a couple of quiet games, and I think he... I don't think he had any steals or anything in the last uh, week or so, and that sort of dropped him off. Like the steals are minus 2.51 over the last week, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's his reddest category, if you can say. But, yeah, he's been very good. He had 21 and 10 in their game against the Nuggets, and he was he was very good indeed. Uh, on uh, the, Another guy who plays for the Kings is Buddy Heald. Uh, let me give you my take on Buddy. He was better today. He had 22... Uh, 22 points, nine rebounds, two assists. It was seven for 18 from the field, which is, again, just not great. Three for nine from deep. Uh, This is what I wrote about him after watching on Saturday. Heald was terrible. He was one for 12 from the field. He had five, five, four, and seven assists. Uh, At least someone else hit some shots from his pass because he wasn't wasn't hitting anything. He was shitting some things. He's not droppable. He's 92nd on the season, but 279th in the last week prior to today. This guy's so mercurial. Um, they should make, nickname him the Seismograph Heel, Buddy the Seismograph Heel, because he's all over the shop. He's 60th over the past two weeks, um, but that's because, but he was 279th, but 60th over the last two weeks because he was 30th the week before. Um, he's not returning what you paid at 92nd, but he is still hitting four threes a game, which is exactly the same as last season. Uh, but he's doing it on 37.3% shooting, down from 42.9 last season and 45.8 the season before he got paid. So, look, if you drafted him 45th to 60th, you're not very happy, are you? No, no, you're not. But that means he's a buy low right now because he's just not performing to what he's capable of. And like you said, 43% last year at 42.9. And the year before that, he was at 45.8. He is not going to shoot as poorly as he is this season, but he's also not going to shoot 45%. I mean, right now, like you said, he's at 37.3. I would expect him to get towards 39, 40% at least by the end of the year. So that means he's a buy low and he is going to take a lot of threes and he's going to win you threes some weeks if you're in a head to head league. So he's going to take a lot of threes and he may kill your field goal percentage like he did on the in Saturday where he's one for 11, one for 12, 0 for nine from three. Not great. Not great at all. And uh, I, I, he's definitely a guy I would buy low on. Uh, what about De'Aaron Fox? He's an interesting one, isn't he? Cause he's just 97th on the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's because his three throw percentage is really bad and he's, it's turnovers and three throw percentage and he doesn't get 
many rebounds from the guard spot, uh, like some guards don't, but they're, of course, the, the guards that are right up near the top stuff other categories. So 97th on the season. Today he had a, it just seems weird that somebody who could have a line like 36, uh, 36 points, four rebounds, seven assists, one block, 15 for 25 from the field today, two for seven from deep though, that's just 28%, and only four for eight at the foul line. That's the story, isn't it? And uh, he only had one turnover today, but it's the foul shooting and the turnovers that really push him down. Yep, and I had him last year, and I vowed that I would not draft him again, and he's putting together some really good numbers, but I remember from last year that he made me lose field uh, free throw percentage every single week. And it's not something that I want to see from a guard. And when you have a guy like De'Aaron Fox, who is the point guard of a team, and he's aggressive as he is, getting to the rack, and he's shooting under 70% from the line, that's not going to do it for me. And that's one thing you got to be careful of, is that there are some guys that put up monster numbers. And you and I talked about Russell Westbrook a couple weeks ago. And when you have a guy that is doing high volume, of certain categories and not performing, he's going to kill you. And in turnovers and free throw percentage, he's killing you. So he may look good, but after today, if you have him, he is a sell high. He is a guy that absolutely is fun to own because he's going to put together the numbers they did today where he had 36 points, four rebounds, seven assists. A lot of that came in the fourth quarter. I think one third of his points at the very least came in the fourth quarter. So I would absolutely sell high on him and try and get myself a top 50 guy back. Yeah, this is a guy, I mean, obviously Ja Morant is better, but we can see since he came back from injury, Ja Morant doing the same thing. They they hurt you in certain categories, and I think they're overvalued by some people in terms of where they get drafted. Like, what about Ja? Like, he started out amazingly, but that was only two games. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's another guy that has a lot of hype on him and doesn't quite perform to where he should be. I mean, last year, do you know where he finished last year? Ja Morant. I have, it, I have it in front of me. Ja Morant was outside the top 100, I think. Yep, he was 135. Yeah. I traded him away for Lonzo Ball, and people laughed it at me. But um, after the All-Star break, which is about when I did the trade, Lonzo Ball was top 50. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Lonzo puts their numbers all over the place and he doesn't really kill you. And the thing with a guy like John Morant is that he's so high volume, a guard that shoots 77 and a half percent from the free throw line isn't good. But what's worse is that he's turning over the basketball three and a half times mm-hmm. per game. Also not good. And a guy that is also a guard is you want to have him elite in the three point category. Last year, he averaged under one, three a game this year. Under one three a game. He just doesn't do enough to help you apart from points and assists. It's Valentine's Day coming up. Two million men are already using Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. Valentine's Day is upon us. Uh, you don't know where the night is going to take you. And our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you you need to use the best tools for the job. If your girl can't think of what to get you this year, tell her to get the gift that's for you and for her. The best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect, perfect Package 3.0, full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. The Perfect Package, of course, is led by the revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer with its advanced skin-safe technology, which prevents uh, any messes on the bathroom floor and stuff like that because it's waterproof. Uh, That's very important when it's time for Cupid to shoot his arrow, of course. The Perfect Package also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxes that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those over 
the old used uh, stinky pair of boxes you have to these high-performance anti-chafing boxes. Complete your grooming game with a new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. That's the signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas. This cologne is a perfect complement to your collection. So all of this is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That is HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping. Your balls and the people who enjoy them will thank you. What a, let's talk about the Clippers now. Uh, what happened today? Uh, they've lost a few games of late. Uh, Kawhi was a little bit quieter. He was 9 for 20 on from the field, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists. Nick Batum had a bit of a shocker, just 6 shots, 2 for 6, 5 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Serge Ibaka, also not good, 3 for 9 on just 6 points, 8 rebounds. Luke Kennard, uh, I'll, I'll stop in a moment. I'll come back to him. He, he might not be very good. And the contract doesn't look great. He was 3 for 8 from the field with 8 points. Reggie Jackson had 14, 2 and 4 on 6 for 14 shooting. It seems to be the tail of the tape here in the shooting. 41.4% as a team. 41 from 99 and 8 for 28 from deep. The only guys that were serviceable really seemed to be Lou Williams, who had 23, 5 and 5. Uh, although he was just 1 for 5 from deep on 6 for 16 shooting. Who was good? Zubats maybe. 12 and 14. He had 12 points and 14 rebounds on just six shots. Perfect four for four from the line. So is he the only one who comes out of this with any credit today? Or, or was it just a case of they just missed some shots? It's funny because this is the first time all year the Clippers have lost back-to-back games. Mm. And they clearly are missing Paul George. And we don't know when he's going to be back. It's, it's very worrisome. If I own Paul George in fantasy, I'd be very concerned. This type of injury has sidelined guys for a very long time and we don't know how long he's going to be out right now. They're saying day to day, but with no timetable. So it's absolutely concerning. We'll see what happens. But what we're seeing now is that everybody needs to chip in. And frankly, Kawhi's not doing enough. He has not done enough the last couple of games with uh, PG out. And you mentioned Kennard. What's interesting about him is Absolutely. He is not a guy that's living up to his contract where he signed a four-year, $64 million deal. But he's shooting 45.5% from three. So he hasn't been bad from distance. He just doesn't get high volume and just seems to be worse than he actually is. So I'm still giving him a chance because he missed basically a year of basketball. So we'll see if he gets his legs underneath him. But he's not a guy that you're owning anyways at this point. I think that, like you said, with Zoo, I think it's now five double-doubles in his last 11 games. So he has become very important to what the Clippers are doing. He started, or rather, he ended the game instead of Ibaka. So Ty Lue has a lot of confidence in him. Really efficient today, like you mentioned. No turnovers. And 4 of 4 from the line from a big man is great. Lou Williams, high volume. Just one of those Lou-type games where he needed to score because nobody else was. And that's the one thing that Lou does bring to a team is that he can score. And for the Clippers, they were struggling to find baskets. And uh, for Kawhi, normally he's better. No steals, no blocks. That's very unlike Kawhi. The Kings just had too much speed with De'Aaron Fox. And they missed a lot of easy shots. Ibaka, I think, missed about three or four shots within three or four feet, which is not something he normally does. So they just played really bad. They played really poorly, and we'll see how they rebound. Do you think the Kings will make the playoffs? No, I don't. Um, And I just only think that because I don't think Luke Walton is very good. (laughs) And 
it's honestly as simple as that. I think that the Western Conference is too stacked, and I don't think Luke, Wal- Luke Walton's very good. So uh, I think I'd rather pick probably the top seven teams that you see right now in the Western Conference. Um, number eight with Golden State, who knows? But it's up for grabs, man. It really is because the teams that we thought were going to be fighting for that eight spot – team like the Houston Rockets, the Memphis Grizzlies, the New Orleans Pelicans, the OKC Thunder, I mean, they're all bad. None of them mm. are really that good. And the Mavericks, for example, everyone thought was going to be locked into a top four or five spot and that Luka was going to be MVP. They're 10 and 14. Mm. So it, it's it's really up for grabs. I don't think they're going to make it. And that's just because I think that their coach isn't as good as the other coaches that are uh, fighting for the same playoff spot. Now, I think that the table is something we need to look at when we play fantasy a little bit, don't we? Because we, especially if you're playing in playoff formats, you need to sort of look forward to when the play around when the fantasy playoffs are going to be and try and work out who's going to be balling, who's going to be out of contention. And outside of the top three, uh, the Jazz at 19 and five, the Lakers 18 and six, the Clippers 17 and eight. From then on, from fourth all the way down to 14th, how many games separate the Suns and the Mavericks? It's only three. Three games. Mm-hmm. I asked you a question. I answered it myself. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's, it's, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's only three games between 4th and 14th. And I don't think the Mavericks are the 14th best team. We've, they've really only played a couple of games with all their best, their best players back. Um, and, and they they had a that was an amazing game between them and the Warriors on Saturday. Did you catch any of that? Well, my goodness. No, I missed it. But they also got their clock clean the night before, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They, but but yeah. bearing in mind that that night before was like, I think that was the first time when all their main starters have actually started. You know, Kleber was yeah. out there starting again and, and Jay Rich is starting to get back into some sort of form because he was he actually started off before he got sick. He started off the season or, or he, whatever reason he was out. He was not too bad. Um, we better jump into the next box score. Let's talk about the Celtics versus the aforementioned Suns because they probably in some ways seem to be like they are fourth and they're probably the fourth or fifth best team uh, so far this season, anyway, in in the West, if you've watched some of their games, of course they've got Chris Paul, and uh, they they beat the Celtics uh, 100 points to 91 uh, for the Suns. Chris Paul had a quite a quiet game, but he had 15, three and two. Uh, he played 33 minutes, six for 14 shooting. Devin Booker had 18, seven and 11 assists. Now that stands out like the dog's proverbials: uh, one steal, one block, as well, seven, 16 shooting. Devin Booker had 11 assists. I don't think he's had 11 assists in the last four games combined before that. Yeah, he was not doing very well. And I know that there are certain people, including my brother, actually, that uh, decided to give up on him and trade him away. Um, He had him, luckily, for today before he left his team. But Booker hasn't been good enough. And credit to the Suns, though, because the Celtics are still the Celtics. They beat the Clippers uh, the night before. So still a good win. You still have Kemba Walker on the Celtics team. No Jalen Brown because of knee soreness, but it seems like he is trending in the right direction, which is a good thing. But it was one of those games where the Celtics were poor with Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker, 12 of 42 combined. That's not going to win you ball games. And with the Suns, CP3 has been so good recently, so a bit of an off night for him, but still he's doing things efficiently. 6 of 14 from a guard is solid, 3 of 3 from the line. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned Booker, and they, they need him to succeed this year. And we'll see if this is perhaps a step in the right direction for Devin Booker, who has not been very good and has not lived up to the hype. I saw him uh, – I can't remember who the second player in the trade was, which would make this 
make this important, but it wasn't a, anybody fantastic. I saw him traded for Zach Levine in one of my competitive cash leagues, and I just raised my eyebrows. Wow, you gave up Zach Levine for like Devin Booker and a piece right now. Like that to me seems crazy. Yeah, I'd rather have Levine, and it's not even close. I mean, Levine right now is ranked 19th, and Booker is ranked 108th. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I'd much rather have Levine because Booker just has not been the same guy he was last year. And if I'm not getting the value now, I'm not sure I'm selling high on a guy like that. You look at his numbers, and he's got four less points than he did last year. He's got about a rebound less, two and a half assists less. And he's shooting a little bit worse. And his free throw percentage was 91.9 last year. It's 82.8 this year. And he is was in the 80s prior to last year. So he's more likely to be in that 85, 88% mm. range. So it, I mean, last season hasn't been very good. Last season, he was a category winner in both field goal percentage and in free throw percentage. That I almost yeah. drafted him. Thankfully for me, where I ended up in, in draft spots, other people grabbed him before me. So... I couldn't actually get him because I love a guard who's good in the in both of the percentages on high volume. Last season, he was amazing. So we'll see how this goes. It's definitely one to watch. DeAndre Ayton had 16 and 11 with three assists and one block. He has been better than he was at the beginning of the season. But still, if you look at his overall over the last couple of weeks, it's not fantastic. I didn't uh, trade him away, though, because I like that double-double kind of uh, floor with him. McCall Bridges has been... He he was a guy who was amazing to start the season. He dropped off a little bit, uh, and he's picked it back up again. He had 19 and nine with two assists on eight for 13 shooting. Speaking of uh, of wings or guards who, who shoot at a, at a high volume, of uh, Jay Crowder was out. Cameron Payne was out. Um, Abdul Nader, who was banging the threes away, was out with illness as well. So a few outs. Difficult to see. Uh, anything uh, relevant in terms of pickups, except maybe Cam Johnson, who had 17 and five on five for 10 shooting and four for eight from the field. He's one to watch for the Celtics. Uh, as uh, BD mentioned, there was uh, there was no um, Jalen Brown today. I'm blocking his name out because I'm so angry I didn't draft him anywhere. <laughs> He's been amazing. The thing we're looking at, I guess, for the Celtics is the big man stuff. Let's ask your opinion about this. Robert Williams had just 10 minutes today, one point, uh, and he had two rebounds, no assists, no blocks, no steals, nothing else. Zero for one from the uh, from the field. He hit one foul shot. Tristan Thompson played 20 minutes. He had six and 12 with two assists and one steal. Daniel Tice played 34 minutes. He had 12, six, uh, and two with a block on five for nine shooting and hit two threes. Tice is the only one rosterable, isn't he, in 12 teams? Yeah. He's the only guy, and I'm keeping an eye on Robert Williams because it's a very similar um, situation to where with Bam, where Bam got the job and he kind of ran with it. Bam's a better player, but just skill set wise, in terms of helping you steals and blocks and other different categories, Robert Williams is pretty efficient, but he's just not getting the minutes right now. And with Daniel Tice, he played nine minutes yesterday because he got hurt, so he didn't return to the game. And he came off the bench today, 12 points, like you said, in 35 minutes. He's a guy that helps you in many different categories. I mean, he hits a three basically every single game. And his free throw percentage is pretty good. He gets you rebounds. He'll get you a block or two and decent points. So, yeah, Tice is the only guy that I think I'd be interested in right now. Mm. Uh, speaking of interested in things, something you should be interested in, everybody should be interested in, is the bruise letter. Uh, we've had one come out this season. It was a four. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 14,000 word intimate fantasy nugget. I'm not sure if nugget is the right word. It's more like uh, about seven fillet of fish burgers, uh, but, but definitely all delicacies, each one tasting as good as the next because this. Just amazing review of all the teams, how the season's been going, and he's promising another one soon. The way you get Aaron Bruski, our founder, uh, you, the way you see this is you get an email to your inbox. That's the only place you can get it. You can't find it anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not in any podcast. It's not on social media. It's only in the email newsletter. You can sign up and get it for free. Go to bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. The site is bit.ly slash bruiseletter, B-R-E-W-S, like uh, multiple beers, Bruise letter 2021, Aaron Bruski, straight to your inbox. Uh, the next game to look at from today was the Miami Heat up against the New York Knicks. The Heat were just a little bit too good, 109 to 103. That sounds weird to say the Heat were only a little bit too good for the Knicks. Well, the Heat have not been great this season, and the Knicks have been a lot better than expected. The big news kind of happening at the moment is that uh, Derek Rose has been traded to the Knicks. What's your immediate take on that in terms of Alec Burks and Quickly and uh, the, or the other guards? I guess RJ Barrett, it could affect them, but it's mostly Burks and Quickly and Alfred Payton. Payton had 30 minutes today. He had seven, two, and five. Prior to that, he had two games of uh, 20 plus points and five plus assists. Uh, Alec Burks had 13, uh, 5, and 2 on 5 for 9 shooting, and quickly had just 17 minutes at 5, 3, and 3. So with Rose coming in, quickly, I guess, is a drop. Alfred Payton and Burks, what does Rose do for them? I don't think quickly is a drop, um, mm. unless you are in a head-to-head format where you have daily changes. I think that is the only league where I could see him being dropped. And the only reason I would drop him is if you are in a 10-team league. And if you're in a 12-team, I'd probably hold. Because I agree, it's terrifying. Um, Myself, I dropped quickly a couple weeks ago, and I added Derek White. And I was very nervous after quickly went off. And I was anticipating to see Alfred Payton's name going the other way in that Rose trade. And I don't know whose value this is going to hurt the most. Immediately, you think quickly, and it's possible that it is quickly. But the fans love quickly. I can't see Tibbs completely bearing him more than he already has the last couple of games. I'll be interested to see what type of role he has, because Alec Burks played close to 30 minutes today. I'm not sure that's the amount of minutes they want him playing. Um it's going to be fascinating because Rose, remember, he is a walking injury risk. So mm. he could very well get hurt and none of this will matter. And it's very possible Alfred Payton is trade at the deadline. So Payton has not been that great all season. He has the trust of Tibbs because he's a veteran. And like we all know, if you start for Tibbs, most likely you're going to get big minutes. So my immediate reaction to answer your question is that we wait and see. We see what happens. Um, I'm not adding Derek Rose. If I have Alec Burks, I'm not dropping him quite yet. And if I have quickly, I'm not dropping him in a 12-team league or bigger. 
Yeah, well, well, maybe in in Roto where you've got games cap format as well, because yeah, Peyton exactly. wasn't that great. You you could just put quickly on your bench and see what happens for a while. I've got a couple of Rotos. Well, one with daily changes where I'm about projected to be about fifteen games over in the guard spot already. So I could I could bench quickly for a few games and wait and see. I might have to go and grab him though because I dropped him already. <laughs> I dropped him for Peyton. I think it's a case of having too much quickly. I've held him in a few spots. I think sometimes you have to diversify a little bit because you don't want to miss the eight ball and that's kind of what I did there. Speaking of missing the eight ball, that's something I did not do with Julius Randle because I got him in a points league and I've got him in a Roto league, which is a $370 cash prize for first. And I am first right now by 12 Roto points. And part of the reason is Julius Randle is the 41st best player in nine category this season, which is reasonably astounding. 26 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists, and he is the fifth best player in points leagues. He's been a monster, a complete surprise. And he was putting up these numbers when he was given the opportunity a couple of years ago. And with New Orleans, a couple of years ago, we saw him and he was dominating. I mean, he averaged over 21 points per game with the Pelicans, and he was ranked 79th that year. So he had it in him, but the issue has been that he wasn't taking many threes, and he wasn't really helping in steals and blocks. He was hurting your field goal percentage, and he wasn't shooting free throws well. But this year, he's at 80% from the line after shooting 73% last year. That is a massive improvement Mm. and his field goal percentage has gone up from 46 to 47.7 it makes sense that it's as low as it is at 47 because he's shooting so much but he's now added the three-pointer to his repertoire it was just three years ago in 2017-18 with the lakers where he averaged 0.13s now he's at 1.6 and the last two weeks he's at 2.4 so he's Mm. shooting a lot of threes he's starting to make them he's averaging over 22 points in the season so you just got to enjoy it because Tibbs is going to ride him into the ground. Yeah. His turnover is a little bit too high. He'll have a couple of bad field goal percentage games. But if you're in points league, for example, just enjoy that one and carry him or he'll carry you all the way to a title. Yeah, uh, he is playing 38 minutes a night. I think he's in the top three. There's only two other guys. I think Sabonis and then there's somebody else. I can't remember who it is. There's one person, I think, who plays more minutes per night than Randall at the moment, but uh, yeah, he's just been incredible. Reggie Bullock had 21 and three. He's a deep league guy worth considering. Um, and Mitchell Robinson played 30 minutes. He had just one block, five, seven, and one, although he's been pretty good this season for the Heat. Uh, Bam Adebayo, gee, he's nice to watch. He's got that, that long range jumper he has now. It's just, it's just so smooth, too. He had 24 yeah. and 10, 24, 11, five assists, one steal. 10 for 17 from the field. Bam's been a bit of a lightning rod this season with people thinking that he was overdrafted. He's not returned his draft day value yet, but he has been better of late. Do you think he ends up getting into that sort of third round value by the end of the season? Yeah. I mean, right now he's ranked at 22nd in per game. So it's just about... right? Wow, that's surprising. That's changed a lot just in the last week or so. Yeah, well, in the last week, he's ranked 14th. So that's why he's risen so much. And it's because he's on the court now and he's playing. I mean, the last week, he's averaged 21 points, nine rebounds, four assists, one steal and close to two blocks a game. Well, 58% from the field and damn near 83% from the line. I mean, the only thing that he's hurting you in right now is threes. And that's it. Everything else has been elite. And that's why you drafted him. 
and he's showing exactly why he is a guy that's a top two-round player. Yeah, the other interesting things from the Heat, uh, Kendrick Nunn is again playing 30 minutes. He's funny, he plays like no minutes or 30 plus. He had 16, 4 and 3 and as long as Goran Dragic is out, Kendrick Nunn is a streaming value guy again for them. Kelly Olynyk is picking it up. Shout out to Dan Bespris. Thanks to Dan, I have Kelly in a few leagues. He, What Dan said about him, he was bad when Jimmy Butler was out and everybody was out, when Harrow was out and Butler was out. He was bad after being good earlier in the season. Well, he looks like he's okay again because he had 15 and 5 with two assists and one steal. And he hits those three-pointers, although it was two for nine from deep today. Six for 13 overall from the field, though, is fine. And uh, do you have any Kelly? I do not, but he is a stable presence. And that is something that you like to see in a big man. Someone that can give you threes, shoot good percentages, and give you some stats across the board. He's just a stable guy. There's a lot of people that don't like him, but he, for me, he's more of a roto guy than a head-to-head league mm. guy, um, but he's definitely valuable. You say that because he's going to have some stretches where the, the floor is just too low to be to, yep. to want to draft in head-to-head, uh, to keep in trade. Yep, exactly. It, exactly. He'll have uh, certain games that won't be great, and he's one of those guys in games cap where it could end up hurting you a little bit, but he he's fine. I mean, he's solid. Playing 27 minutes is solid today, and Yesterday, or rather on Friday, he played 21 and still was able to manage 17 and 7 while hitting five threes. So it's a big man that shoots threes. Yeah, why not? So we've got two games to go. Before we jump into those games, let me remind you that you can get access to BD Marcus on a daily on a daily basis, on a nightly basis. And all the other experts, if you've got the fantasy pass, even though the draft season is well and truly over and we're into the season, the fantasy pass is still the best deal in the industry, just $4.99 a month. And now... Uh, there's zero commitment. You can sign up for one month for five bucks. As I say, that's just a beer or a coffee that you sacrifice, just one. And you can try it out for a month. If you don't like it, you can stop. But uh, we, we think you will like it because there's updated projections, there's new fantasy appraiser tools, scheduled and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and I think our coolest feature, which is the Hoopball Discord server, where you can chat with uh, all the Hoopball pros in various threads and stuff. There's tweet storms that review the day. There's threads for ads and drops. There's threads where you can get trade advice. There's probably about 10 or 12 different kind of subject, different subject threads. Plus there's a thread for every team individually as well. It's just great stuff. So check out hoop-ball.com. Go over there and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. the next game on the slate uh, on Sunday was the Utah Jazz winning against the Indiana Pacers. They were just too good. The Jazz won 103 to 95. I think that's 14 out of 15 wins for them or something now. They are absolutely just flogging along. Donovan Mitchell had 27 points, 9 rebounds, 11 assists and 1 steal, although 9 for 25 from the field. It, sometimes his field goal percentage and his three throw percentage is what lets him down a little bit with his, his value, isn't it? Yeah, and you look at his per-game basis, and he's at 67. So mm-hmm. he's elite in points and threes, and he's contributing in rebounds and assists, but he doesn't do a whole lot when it comes to those other categories like steals and blocks and field goal percentage can be really bad at times, like you said, 43% for the season. Free throw percentage is solid. Um, it's just a couple of categories where he's not helping in steals and blocks, and he's a guy that's great in points leagues, and frankly, he's a really good head-to-head guy. Um, just can hurt you some weeks in field goal percentage. And he turns over the basketball a little bit too much at over three per game, but still a solid guy. And I think this is one of those teams along with probably the Lakers where it's really easy to predict what you're going to get. And you know that you're going to have guys like Ingles that are a streamer in like a 10 team league, 
Gobert is steady as they come. Mitchell is solid. Clarkson's been fantastic this year. Really easy team to predict mm. night tonight. Yeah, Clarkson is one of my best late round grabs. So he's been he's really been helping me. I've got him in that roto league where I'm on top. I got really good value out of him and also out of Patty Mills. Uh, Patty Mills was also like top seven, surprisingly top seventy guy in nine category roto and head to head for like the first what, six weeks of the season. He only just started dropping off of late. Um, speaking of Pete, well, actually, this guy's the opposite. Mr. Bojangles, Bojan Bogdanovic, he was terrible to start the season. In fact, I scooped him up off the wire in that league. He had 18 points, five rebounds and two assists. He's been much better of late. So check out if he's around because he's a, he's worth picking up if someone else didn't already do it. For the Pacers, DeMontis Sabonis had a bit of a shocker. I had the, the shot chart for him. He just got stopped by Gobert. He had 20 points, nine rebounds, two assists, and one steal, two blocks. It's not bad, the floor with this guy, although it's his, his three throw percentage, which is pretty bad, and drags him down a little bit. He had four for six from the line, but just seven for 19 from the field. Gobert just, he just couldn't handle him. Sabonis couldn't. Yeah, it's just one of those nights, and he's a guy that is going to hurt you at the free throw line. And also way too many turnovers for a big man. I mean, you're averaging three and a half turnovers per game. You expect that from one of your elite guards, not your big man. And he's shooting under 60 or rather under 70% from the free throw line. He's good in other places. He's not great when it comes to steals and blocks, but he gives you some pretty tasty lines when it comes to points, rebounds, assists, and field goal percentage. So just one of those nights. Um, This is another team where you kind of know what you're getting. You have guys in Justin Holiday who's been a really good uh, pickup in the last couple months, obviously. He's contributed in steals. He gives you some good solid threes. He's playing a ton of minutes, and he has a lot of minutes to play the rest of the season. You know that you're going to get an assistant steals streamer from TJ McConnell He's because he's elite in those categories. And Miles Turner's been really good. He's finally starting to fall off a little bit. So if you had him, I hope you did maybe sell high for a top two round guy because Turner just isn't going to be that guy all season. So pretty easy team to predict again. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, another guy that I mentioned that is probably a sell high just because he does tend to get hurt and he is ranked still in the top 30. Yeah, we, that's the thing with Brogdon, isn't it? I mean, he has just about every lower lower body injury that you can imagine, including the gluteals. You know, somebody is injury prone if they miss games with a strained ass, as we say. In yeah, Australia. you know how many games he, uh, the most games he's played in the last three years? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to guess 55? 64, and that wow. was with Milwaukee. Okay. And before that, it was, I mean, 54 with Indiana yeah. last year, and then 48 with Milwaukee yeah. t- uh, two years prior to that so, so I, he's a guy that does get hurt so i, I was going to bang on the average there uh yep i tell you what is worth noting again for the paces was again tj mcconnell had six assists and a steal just mm-hmm. four points on two for nine shooting which is pretty poor he's actually his field goal percentage is normally not too bad on on low volume but those six assists and a steal are nice jeremy lamb He's a bit all over the place at the moment. Just 10 points, no rebounds, one assist, one steal, three for six from the field, 24 minutes. It's hard to predict what's going to happen with him, isn't it? And it's interesting because when he was activated, he's a guy that everybody was kind of interested in. And right now in a per-game basis, he's actually at 42. So he's been good, and he's only scoring 13 points per game. So you wonder, how the hell is he ranked so high? And it's because he's still getting two threes a game, over four rebounds, shooting over 50% for a guard slash small forward, and he's at 97% from the free throw line. 
So he's not hurting you anywhere. He's a perfect Roto guy and someone that I think is undervalued in Roto formats. He can be a little frustrating in head-to-head formats, but I still am a Jeremy Lamb fan. And if you own him, I'm absolutely holding. Mm. Now, the last game of the evening was the Washington Wizards up against the Charlotte Hornets. Do we actually have to talk about this? The Wizards are so bad. They are awful. Oh, they are not good. You know they, they were favored in this game? How is that possible? Who does these lines? They must have been drunk in Vegas for the Super Bowl or something. That, that's what I was saying. My brother said to me, they were favored. I was like, are you kidding me? How's that possible? Charlotte's not bad. Yeah. Uh, yes, well, they, they are not bad. And then part of the reason they're not bad is they have Gordon Haywood. He had a uh, very efficient eight for 16 shooting. at 25 points, five rebounds, three assists, and two steals. Uh, LaMelo Ball had 19, seven, and five with a steal. Wow. Uh, it's a pretty big call to say Halliburton's going to be better than him, but he does. The shooting was seven for 17 from the field. Halliburton's definitely got an advantage there, hasn't he? Yeah, and he's going to put up great numbers. There's no doubt about that. I mean, LaMelo has... All the talent in the world right now. He's ranked at 61, I believe. And he's getting 14 points, six rebounds, six assists. And he's talented. There's no doubt about it. I mean, in the last week, he's ranked 39. It's just that the turnovers could be a problem. He's only averaging two and a half right now in the last week and for the season. So you'll take that. And I was worried about the free throw percentage because he's at 79% for the season. But he's at 93% in the last week. And his field goal percentage has been better than I expected mm. as well. It's at 45% in the last week, 49% in the last two weeks, and 44% for the season. So if he's able to make his shots, I'm going to be dead wrong on that prediction. I just am not sure that he keeps it up in terms of his field goal percentage. And the turnovers, I think, could be a little bit high. But I think it does help to have Scary Terry there because Terry can kind of take the load off him with ball handling and can help him and hopefully limit his turnovers. And you look at Scary Terry today, I'm so glad to have him back in my lineup. Five threes, this guy's a monster. No Devontae Graham, 26 points, 9 of 14 from the field. So it's a pretty good backcourt there. Yeah, Rosie has been one of the surprises of the season. Not surprising to everybody, but he, he was going, I think in one of my drafts, he went like, he went 95th, he went around 100 in one. I saw him 110 in another. That seems insane when you think about it now because uh, on the season, he's 43rd. Yeah, I got him for $1 in my auction league with Jeez. my last pick of the draft. So I am glad to have that 19 points per game, three threes per game. He's getting close to four rebounds, three assists, getting over a steal per game. It's it's tasty, and the thing that you love from him is that he's only averaging one and a half turnovers per game, which is really good. Speaking of late round value, I got PJ Washington in a few places. He was back today. He was just one for seven for the field, which is bad uh, on three points. But he had five rebounds, four assists, one steal, and one block. Those defensive category stats that he's been getting have been very good. We'll see how it plays out. Of course, with Zeller now back and not being as many center minutes. Having said that, Zeller only played twenty minutes today and. Uh, Bismondo, 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 I'm mixing his games together, only played 10. So there was still about, uh, I think, 10 minutes for PJ Washington at center. When he plays there, he obviously has more value. Well, getting the wind up here, I think we're down to about the two-minute warning before I go past what I promised with you. Let's just ask very briefly about the Wizards. One question. Apart from Beal and Westbrook, I'm going to go, there's nobody on that team that's rosterable in 12 categories. 
Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, Bertans is a guy that everybody wants to do well and is hoping will just shoot threes like no man has ever shot threes before, but it's not happening right now. And I'm fine if you cut bait, but he's going to get hot at some point. He's going to go on a run where he makes a bunch of threes. Everyone was hoping that Alex Len could be that guy when he became a starter today, but he didn't take advantage of the opportunity. Only played eight minutes. I'm not sure if he got hurt. Um, since I didn't follow that game for good reason. Uh, but 24 minutes the night before, or two nights before, he had 18 points and five blocks. And you're thinking, oh, we finally have ourselves a guy in Washington. No, no. It, it's Beal and Westbrook and nobody else. And, uh, I mean, as long as you own Bradley Beal, you're loving life because he is a one-man show. Mm-hmm. And you knew he was going to rebound after a poor performance on Friday. And to shoot 50%, 11 of 22, and score 31 points, that's the rebound you were looking for. Indeed. We'll finish with Russell Westbrook, who was four for nine, only four for eight from the line, five turnovers. Gee, he's just losing three categories for you. 12, 11, and nine, though. I think I've got to go back to dropping him in that uh, Roto League where I have him. I was uh, 16 points ahead, and after playing him last week, I'm now 12 points ahead. It's not all on him, but uh, anyway. Uh, BD Marcus, Brandon Marcus, it's been Happy Brandon Day. Thank you very much for joining me on a Super Bowl evening. That has uh, hopefully cheered you up a bit after a crappy Super Bowl. Yep, and also the Clippers have lost two in a row, which is not great. But a shout-out to the Hoop All Clippers podcast. If you want to listen, I am going to be having Justin Wilson of LA Clippers film on the podcast tomorrow. You're listening to this podcast probably the same day I'm recording it. So tune in. Uh, we'll break down the two-game losing streak and chat about Paul George because things are not looking good there. So we'll find out from Justin what he thinks about the George situation if you're interested. Sounds great. Best of luck. And I am because I've got Paul George in three leagues and I need him back. Brandon, thank you so much for your time, mate. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Mr. Jolly, appreciate it, my guy. Love you and leave you. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.